welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And today we're going to be teaming up with our favorite team of all, the Exiles. Yay! Hi, I got you to agree that they're your favorite team of all. They're not. No, they aren't. The Agents of Atlas are. Yep. Coming back for a one-issue one-off for Secret Wars. Yep, unless that gets cancelled early and then it's just an entire one-issue script. <laughs> Eight pages of a script. Probably a little bit. <laughs> oh, excellent. I see the 3D man was not welcomed back, apparently, to the team. He did kill that one scroll who was trying to be a superhero. It's true. This is an alternate universe, though. Is it, Devin? Probably. No, it's a conglomeration of alternate universes. Well, actually, 3D Man is secretly from the Mojoverse, so there's only one of him. But that's why he's not on the team. You're just jumping into the Mojoverse tonight, or I right am. now, aren't you? Aren't I you? am. Well, today we are going to be discussing uh, Exiles 16 through 19 and X-Men Unlimited number 41, because we've got a... Bunch of one-shots here and another really short story. Did you read the other part of X-Men Unlimited? No. Okay. It was weird. Well, one of the parts was uh, ecstatics related because I saw a dupe there. It was. And it was hard realizing that like that was coming out the same time as Exiles. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's streets ahead. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, our first issue is number 16. Nocturne and Evensong, written by Judd Winnick, pencils by Jim Calafiore, inks by Eric Cannon, colors by Transparency Digital, and letters by Paul Tatrum. When does Winnick leave? Because I, I thought it was now, because I thought that's why you're saying there's a bunch of one-offs, because he was leaving. No, I, I believe he has, we've got like maybe one or two more episodes until, uh... He the, comes back though, right? Yeah, yeah, he comes back, but... Back in a big way. Uh, the, uh, like, two or three Chuck Austin arcs are, are rough. Oh, okay. I mean... Oh, he's the one who wrote X-Men Unlimited issue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's also the guy who wrote uh, Nightcrawler to be a demon. Oh, good. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Chuck Austin is a controversial comics writer who... It was really popular for a while, and then he made some bad choices, and now he was works he? on Stephen Limited. Yeah, he was, like, really popular for a two-year period, yeah. and then he did his really bad X-Men stuff. Like, he also had the scene where it was, like, Angel having sex in the air with uh, someone I... Uh, and then Classic the Dra- Angel. Yeah, and then the Draco. Well, you can't always dodge shit in the air. <laughs> Angel's worthless. Oh, Wait, no, he's got money. He's got money. And a bazooka. For those early issues. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, I feel like people need to be addressing this more. Okay. Like later, like when, oh, when um, Ben has brought the original X-Men to the present, it's just like, where's his bazooka? <laughs> well, wasn't that like right before their first mission? I don't think so. It, it was... Or no, it... Uh, it would have been afterwards. Yeah, because it takes place after X-Men Season 1 in continuity. Yeah. So, in a timeline where they had done their like first seven missions worth of story. 
But he has that bazooka in issue one. Yeah, and then Magneto's like, oh, you have a bazooka? I am Magneto, master of magnetism. You got the line wrong, Luke. I am Magneto, master of magnets. <laughs> oh, right, he, he didn't realize that magnets run on magnetism until later. That's true. Well, no, he forgets in the 90s. Magnets are confusing. And sometimes you think that you're a Chinese beaten with a star for your head. Hey, we should do the X-Men arcade game as a multiverse. We can. Wait, the X-Men arcade game where you're fighting arcade or... No, no, no. Well, no, the 90s game. The arcade one. The side-scroller. Oh, with like Dazzler? Yes. Yes. Uh, there was one at the arcade. We could do a video episode. We could. Well, I was having my PlayStation 3. Oh. But alcohol. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I had the, uh... One, one of them for the Sega Genesis where, like, he got to choose between Wolverine, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Gambit. And that's why I love Nightcrawler and Gambit. Nice. Because Cyclops could just punch stuff right in front of him or shoot a laser, and his laser ran out really quick. And Wolverine didn't have any ranged attacks at all. Whichever one I had, I like playing Psylocke because he actually had her sword. I think that was the uh, sequel to this one. This so. was the one that had uh, Mojo, where you had to reset the console by briefly touching the button to beat him. Oh, yes. Yes, I think I do have a sequel. Yeah. Uh, yes, Nocturne Evensong. Uh, this is a very Nocturne character-focused issue where we sort of uh, catch up with her, because if you remember... Uh, on the world where they had to fight Galactus, Thunderbird sacrificed himself after everyone found out that Nocturne was pregnant with, uh, Devin made a crying, crying face. Yes, crying face. Uh, after everyone found out that Nocturne was pregnant. And so we flash back to Thunderbird in that coma and Nocturne having to leave him. And then we move back to the future where Nocturne's alone in a room. Morph comes in and offers himself up as a meal. I mean, it's really confusing because he comes in and he's like, hey, you want to have a chicken dinner and a party? And he's like, or just chicken. But like the chicken that he's carrying transforms with him, which means that he was offering himself up as food. True. And I mean, that's some Deadpool on X-Force stuff right there. Sweet baby bird. Yep. And, uh, she just wants to be alone because she's had some really rough stuff happen to her. More than Mimic's had. Mimic that crybaby. We'll get to crybaby Mimic in a second. Mm -hmm. And so we have Doctor and flashback to uh, before the trial of the Phoenix. And that was where she and Thunderbird got really close and they discussed flowers, which I don't remember if it was Thunderbird where we established she couldn't taste anything. Or, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, wait, why can he smell flowers? But it's like, if you're actually going to be a horseman of apocalypse, smelling flowers would make, well, being able to smell things would be very important. Cause Does tracking it? Sense. Tracking sense. Let's look at him there. Where's the nose? Oh my god. Find it. Uh, well, you know how he has all that chest plate stuff? That's all like one super nose for him. Okay. And, like, when he grows the spikes, those are also noses. So Wait, that's just... weird, because then he gets a nose later, if you flip two pages. Now he's got a nose. <laughs> and it's, like, very distinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... 
maybe he doesn't want to pull out his nose for just anyone. But they talk about uh, Ferdinand the Bull and flowers and how he really loves smelling flowers. And then we cut to another flashback from when they were in Canada fighting the Hulk. Thunderbird talks about how he really envies Morph for being so free. And uh, then we cut again to after they've captured the Hulk, and Thunderbird says that he sort of found himself at peace. Nocturne admits that she dated James Proudstar, who's Thunderbird's brother in her universe. See, that was this is where this issue starts taking a turn. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, really weird. And they both admit that they miss James, and then they met make out. It's not as weird as the it's not as weird as when Cyclops and Emma Frost made out over Jean Grey's grave. No, I mean the X-Men are always being weird with their romance. Yeah. And I guess here's the thing too that also kind of but with this issue is just like when Thunderbird died like for her as the romance like I didn't really care because he hasn't really delved into their relationship much. Yeah, this is sort of they're like, like the, They're kind of like the background romance of like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, we totally just hooked up. Oh, hey, mm-hmm. we totally just hooked up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm dead. Uh, we cut to the Savage Land a few weeks later, and Thunderbird admits that he's really afraid of being intimate, and this pisses off Nocturne, so she leaves. Uh, we cut again to when they served under President Tony Stark, which was one of those montages... And uh, Thunderbird apologizes, and he's just worried about what Nocturne sees in him, because he thinks he's a monster. And then they bone in the White House! Yep. And uh, then we cut back But it's okay, because under President Tony Stark, who would very much approve. Mm -hmm. And then we cut back to the Scroll World Scrolldiators, where they talk about Nocturne being pregnant, and Thunderbird's like, oh, I want to read Ferdinand and my kid, and this is going to be great, and then... Thunderbird wants to be a dad, but as we know, he dies, and something happened to the baby. And so we... It looks like weird. If you look at the final issue where you see her hand on her stomach, it still looks like she's pregnant. It... The way the lines are a little bit drawn, it does look like her belly is sticking out a bit more. She's got a bit of a stomach. Oh, she doesn't have a six-pack. She doesn't, so yeah. But, uh... Yeah, Nocturne lost the baby, and this is really the last time that we talk about that, which is fine with me, because they they never really define, did the baby die, did she terminate the pregnancy, lots of other stuff that would have been really weird for a series that oftentimes tries to be lighthearted. Yeah. But this is all just, like, the most dour arc arcs. Like, even the humor stuff is... Really sad. Yeah. Uh, issue 17 is Wildlife Reserve. Oh, and the Earths that we saw were Earth 5692, Earth 8649, Earth 901237, Earth 20318, and then the Marvel in Earth, which is where they were staying that does not have an actual universe designation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll be adding that on as another hotel. But it's not a hotel where uh, Morph tried to hit on that guy. It's true. Maybe it's the same hotel. Maybe they just keep getting ported back to the same hotel. Maybe. Uh, but number 17, Wildlife Reserve, has the same team as the last issue. And this place takes place on Earth 21117. 
And, uh, yeah, do you want to start off? Basically, you have your classic Spider-Man villain, Dr. Kurt Connors. He's a man. He's a super scientist who has lost his arm. His whole thing is he keeps trying to experiment with lizards, trying to tap into, like, their regrowth, like how some lizards can regrow their tail so that his arm can grow back. Well, of course, he tests it on himself first. It starts to actually work for initially, but then it keeps morphing, and he actually ends up turning into a giant lizard man. Called the lizard. Yes. But uh, in this universe, he kept some of his brain, and so he decided to start transforming. It really happens sometimes. Yeah. But uh, this gets really extreme, where uh, he like goes after his entire neighborhood, and ten years later, the entire west coast of the United States is filled with lizards. Lizard and Park. They've got it uh, walled off like it's uh, Lizard Park. Escape from L.A. Well, I don't know. They made the Jurassic Park reference. And actually, I thought the exact same thing before I read that on the panel. Lizard Park or Escape from L.A.? Lizard Park. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, the exiles have beamed in on the other side of the wall where all the lizards are because they're supposed to set off a bomb. Uh, Sasquatch thinks it's a bad idea because the lizards are mostly herbivores. Otherwise, they like completely collapse the ecosystem. Science! The more you know. Mm-hmm. And then Morph tries to hook up with Sasquatch, who is married to her husband James and is also not interested. Which, Morph is forever alone. Uh, he points out the gender diversity of the team. And he also points out that he is single and also horny. Yep. Uh, and then it gets really bad when Morph decides he wants to try and hit on Mariko as a woman, which is nightmare fuel. It was kind of funny. I also like when he turned into a jackass. Yeah. At least he's somewhat self-aware. Yes. Uh, Link tries to uh, joke with Mimic uh, about Morph being an idiot. But Mimic's in a bad idea, and he's apparently been in a bad mood. Er, Mimic is in a bad mood, and he's been in one for a while. Mimic. I'm Mimic. I'm being a moody teen. He's got emotions. And his power isn't sharing them. Ugh. Stephen Colbert told us we don't have emotions. That's why we die at a younger age. Because our emotions are slowly crushing our internal organs. Uh, Okay. The team finds the sub with the bomb in it, and they also find Kurt Connors is in there alive in human form. Uh, Connors is ready to push the bomb that uh, pretty much kill the entire coastline. Slash pretty much the entire world, yeah. or at least most of the U.S. Yep, and they convince him not to, and instead he kills himself. The timeline is repaired, and Mimic unhappily teleports away. Fun times! Times? Pretty much. Okay. Oh, Dr. Connors. Uh, next, we have a two-issue arc in 18 through 19 called So Lame. Judd Winnick is still the writer. Mike McCone is on pencils. John Holdridge is on inks. Transparency Digital is on colors. And Paul Tritrone is on letters. And they start off on Earth 2030, where Callisto is Sorceress Supreme. But not before we had that issue doing the recap page where they tried to make us remember Magnus. But ha! Magnus will be forever forgotten. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Callisto Sorcerer Supreme is preparing a magic spell with Storm see seemingly as her servant in the world. Normally, Callisto is the leader of the Morlocks, a group of mutants who live underground in the sewers. Because they mad ugly, yo. Or they choose to separate themselves from a society that would not accept them. Yeah. And this is a world where everyone has magic. Uh, Callisto is about to set off her big spell that's going to like put all the world under her control. We find out that Nocturne has been possessing Storm. So she gets the switch up on uh, Callisto, undoes the magic spell, and the mission is over. And they get teleported to their next world, but the Talos doesn't seem to be working. And you know who shows up? Mojo Jojo! No, just Mojo. Oh. And Spiral. And, uh... It is a fun thing in the credits. Mike Martz is listed as the mojo for the creative team. Oh, nice. And let's do a rundown of Mojo, Mojo World, and the Mojo Verse. Basically, Mojo has like his own. Basically, he, the Mojo Verse is made up of like a whole bunch of slaves and whatnot, who basically have the attention span of like a five year old with. ADD, ADHD, pretty much every single hyperactive disorder. And they need to be constantly stimulated with entertainment, which Mojo provides. And usually it results in him stealing, like, the X-Men or the classic one of them being taken to the Mojoverse where they're, like, put in basically television shows to entertain the masses. And Look Mojo basically looks like Jabba the Hutt. basically the Jabba the Hutt of the Marvel Universe. He's a giant, fat, gelatinous blob. With wires that come out of his head. Or, uh, for a more background-intensive one, uh, the Mojoverse is a universe where the beings are slowly driven insane by waves of energy from another space-time continuum. Mojo's race didn't end up evolving spines, so they never uh, really got to move around all that much. Arise was a scientist developed spines, but they were rejected by the majority of the uh, race, and they became known as the Spineless Ones. They then forced Arise to make slaves, which would serve them, but Arise set them up to be based on the demons and the nightmares of the Spineless Ones, which may have been caused by TV signals that they were getting from other universes, which is why all of their slaves look human, and so maybe a reciprocal thing where these TV waves shaped the Mojoverse, and now Mojoverse sort of creates a demented TV that changes people. Yep. Uh, and Arise put in a long-term genetic key that would eventually lead the slaves to take over and overthrow uh, the Mindless Ones. And then uh, Spiral is Mojo's magic uh, cohort. She used to be a woman named Ricochet Rita, who was a stunt uh, performer who showed up first in the Longshot miniseries, which is really good if you've never read it. And Mojo pretty much took her, corrupted her, tossed on a few extra arms, and now Spiral can make portals, do magic. She's fought the X-Men a lot of times. Uh, lot she's of times. worked with the X-Men a few times. And she's definitely an interesting character. But uh, one of the other interesting things about the Mojo world is that there is only one Mojo-verse in the entire universe. Mm -hmm. And except for the ultimate Marvel universe, there is only one Mojo and only one Spiral. 
Because in the Ultimate Mar Marvel Universe, uh, Mojo is just a fat guy who likes making TV. Yeah. And Spiral is just a woman with six arms who's yeah. a mutant. Yeah. Which is not really that good. But this raises up the interesting fact that, as a result, every time that Mojo has appeared in TV, video games, role-playing games, that is the same Mojo that appears everywhere. Yeah. So Mojo is an anomaly. Yeah, he is Spiral. Apparently there's only one of her as well. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, there's only one Longshot. Yes. Because Longshot comes from the world. And uh, Longshot was Mojo's most famous creation. And he is mostly known for having incredibly good luck and being incredibly pretty. Which, mm -hmm. he is not rendered well here. He is not pretty enough. Oh, because there's the picture that you were going to definitely be putting up that was just like, holy shit. It looks like he he's like one of the kids from Hey Arnold grown up with a really weird hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCone, you, you do not draw a good enough long shot. No. Uh, yeah. So Mojo has drawn them in and Morph knows exactly who this guy is. Blink tries to teleport the team away, but Mojo and Spiral stop her. Morph ends up getting stuck in a bubble. Nocturne tries to save him, and she also gets sucked in. Uh, the rest of the team barely gets away because Spiral can't use her teleportation because she had to block all teleportation out of the area. And so now Mojo has captured Morph, who keeps making fat jokes because Morph really does not like Mojo. But Mojo... I found Morph's jokes to be on point, this, uh, these two issues. But uh, Morph was popular enough that they brought him back despite the trouble. And then Mojo says, If you don't work for me, I'm going to torture your friend. And yeah, without showing blood, without really showing injuries, Nocturne looks beaten the hell up here. Uh, her hair has been shaved off. She just looks bruised without really showing bruises or blood. I mean, I thought it was a very effective scene. It was good. Yeah. No, but actually what I really liked was the rest of the team's escape with their team-up moves. Because I kind of like that now the team is starting to gel together and they actually yeah. have, like... The shake and bake. Yeah. I mean, to me, it was, like, their version of, like, the fastball special. Like, they're starting to get, like, some good coordinated team attacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest of the team have ended up in Slave Town Junction. And they're trying to figure out a way to contact the Time Broker. But uh, they can't. Yeah. So they know the one person who always opposes Mojo is Longshot. Let's go find him. And it turns out that he is in a very public prison. It has a sign that says Longshot here. <laughs> yeah. Which is great because that is a very Mojo thing to do. And they also see that Morph now has a major TV show. Yes. Morph's TV show is one of the worst things that I've ever seen. It's like a mix of late-night talk show with horrible sketch comedy. And, I mean, I've taken a lot of screen caps, including Morph Gone Wild, which mm -hmm. is nightmare fuel. I did kind of enjoy his, his early interview with him with Planet of the Chimps. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, some of those other ones... Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Hillbilly sketch? Yeah. Yeah, that was painful to read. The, the people on the Mojoverse, the other spineless ones, have very low standards depending on the story. 
Like, they're what... Like, Anderson, he created Mojo to be this really harsh critique of media, and it it sometimes works a lot more. Yeah. I think it works best when it's really this nightmarish, blind obedience that just has to keep shocking people more and more mm-hmm. than when they try and go super high concept with it. Like, the... Like, I loved the one sort of teen drama in the Uncanny Avengers that Rick Remender did. Uh, like that was the uh, annual where it was all, like, uh, the magical characters oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Uncanny Avengers were in, a rom- or were in a romantic high school drama. Yes. And I thought the way they displayed the smiles ones there was a bit inconsistent and weird, but it is what it is. I did enjoy the production credits for the for Morph Show. Oh yes, it's all producer Mojo, executive producer Mojo, director Mojo, second unit director Mojo, and costume design most importantly by Mojo. And uh, when Morph is not on TV, he's being locked up because even though Mojo knows Morph won't try and leave without Nocturne, he still doesn't trust Morph. Meanwhile, Nocturne escapes by tricking a guard. Well, that is, to be fair, that is because it says already you've already tried to escape several times. Yeah. But uh, Nocturne tries to, or Nocturne does escape. She tricks the guard into trying to let her go to the bathroom. He unlocks her inhibitor collar, so she possesses him. Uh, the other exiles break in to save Longshot, but he feels so uninspired because even when he wins, Mojo always comes back. So they literally have to drag him out of the cell. Which, Longshot here is not written well. I mean, I, I get that eventually it would be really disappointing to constantly be fighting Mojo and have nothing come out of it. Yeah. But that's not Longshot. I did enjoy them arguing with uh, Sasquatch, or bo- bossing Sasquatch around. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch, Sasquatch, bust down the door. Sasquatch, clock that guard. Sasquatch, go carry Longshot. Nocturne <laughs> uh, and Morph try to escape, but Mojo ends up catching them. Uh, the other exiles in Longshot bust in, and they are able to catch Mojo off guard, and Morph is ready to straight-up murder Mojo. Longshot arrives, but no. Here's the picture. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... It it's lo- like an umbrella on his head. It, it's like a palm tree. Or yes. like a fern. And it's just like... Forward is the sticking like it's the top of one of an it's like the top of an old fashioned wheel uh weed uh, wheat shear. Basically, you definitely look at it in the picture section, but basically his hair is as wide as his shoulders. Yeah, it's it's uh, that was just where it was just like dang sir. Mike, get it together, please. <sighs> uh yeah. Uh, Morph is ready to kill Mojo, but the Time Broker steps in and stops him since killing Mojo, even though Mojo is evil, it would be really bad. And Time Broker says, if you ever try to do this again, your own universe is going to blow up. Because it pretty much fractures reality around him, because it's already on such a weird... Connection to other realities, which mm-hmm. I might accept as a reason why there is only one mojo. Yep. And as they leave, Morph feels guilty because Mojo had wanted him and Nocturne got captured and tortured and 
Bakrin says it's not really your fault, but it it's some rough chuckles all around. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's like not his fault, fault. Mm-hmm. And then we cut over to X-Men Unlimited 41, which comes in about a year or so from that last issue. Uh, it's written by Chuck Austin with pencils by a very, very young Scotty Young, inks by Joe Seung, and it was colored by Studio F's Oscar Carreno, and it takes place on Earth TRN 35. And because this is mostly one-shots, I, I thought this was a good place to put it in. Plus, Chuck Austin is going to take it over in a bit, and God. Also, this is early Scotty Young, and Devin and I were talking about this before we started recording. It does not look like the Scotty Young we know. No. It, you probably rec- would recognize his artwork. I mean, he does all the classic Marvel, like, child variants. And he did the... Uh, like Oz series from our yeah, and this art's fantastic. Man. Yeah, like he has developed from this, but at this point, it looks like nineties, very nineties fan art. Like not nineties comics, but nineties alternative rock design. Yeah, and yeah, this is just an absolutely abysmal story on a lot of levels. Uh. We find out this is a universe where Peter Parker's father killed his mother and then committed suicide. While Peter was sitting on his mom's lap. Yeah. So now Peter lives in what I think is supposed to be the woods with his abusive Uncle Ben, but I'm not sure if it was just Scotty Young drew a lot of trees around and didn't draw any other houses. And Uncle Ben locks Peter in the basement where he finds a spider god. Which... Does it look like a spider for one thing? Have you checked your uh, basement for spider gods recently? No. Probably should. I know. Because, I mean, they may try and, uh... Well, I don't want to say they may try and, like, corrupt the young children who you lock in the basement because that implies a lot of stuff, but... Yeah. Make sure all of your captive children are out of the basement for looking for your spider god. Exactly. And for then some... lock them away to your heart's content. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Nocturne and Blink are the only ones sent on this mission, which makes no sense. Never happens again. And... They slightly addressed it. They said the rest of the team is, like, on another mission. They're doing the side mission. But it doesn't make sense. They need their 100% completion, Luke. Gotta do those side quests to get... They can replay the mission and get the golden brick. And, like, they start off having to retrieve Wolverine from a prison, I guess? Like, was Wolverine put into prison? I don't know, because are they really retrieving Wolverine from prison? I have no idea. They don't actually help him because he kills all the guards on his own. It's so confusing. Uh, Blink and Nocturne both have weird relationships with Wolverine. For Blink, she's heard about Wolverine, but Wolverine was Sabretooth's, like, longtime rival, and Sabretooth was sort of her dad, and Nocturne grew up with Logan. Okay, Logan. God, yeah. There's only one time and one place ever that the word Unky is acceptable. When they're, like, five or six. Unky Herb. That's the only time I'll accept the word Unky. 
Hey, Anki Herb. Look who Garacha. Look who Garacha. <laughs> da 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 da. And so I the. I miss Anki Herb. But he came back. Don't you remember his much publicized return? Yes. When he when had they that... called him on the phone and you hear his answering machine. <laughs> that was a very disappointing episode. Welcome to late season Simpsons. Their seasons have actually been surprised. They have been fine. Unlike this story. Unlike uh, this story. Yeah, Vitalis says to take Wolverine <laughs> to the house inside. I think that's Aunt May who's dead on the ground. Wait, let's also talk about Wolverine's mask for a second and how big. Oh yeah, a that's, lot of black things are coming off of his head. That's like some late nineties. Uh, Basically, got, here's how I describe him. He looks like freaking Deflator Mouse from The Tick. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is that, like, those are supposed to hold his hair, so I guess he's got, like, really crazy hair in this universe. Oh, is that what it is? Somewhat. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I always assumed that was Aunt May dead on the Looks like she got her life sucked out, and Peter's eating cereal in the kitchen. Somehow Wolverine knows about Spider-God, who may be trying to impregnate Peter, and we find out Uncle Ben also died... Wolverine maims Spider-God, and Spider-God runs away. Peter tries to protect him. Wolverine goes in to kill Spider-God and Peter. Peter takes, or Blink takes Peter out, and Nocturne possesses... Up and then we see uh, Wolverine's hair, so we do know it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Nocturne possesses Wolverine, so... With Blink this classic away. picture right there. <laughs> God. Wolverine's O-Face. And uh, Wolverine and Spider God die fighting each other, and Wolverine and uh, well, Peter... supposedly die. Well, they said that uh, they're going they're to gonna kill each other. Yeah. And uh, Peter's well, left. Can Wolverine die? And Peter's left with a spider bite, so he's pregnant with spider babies, but not Spidey baby. See, I don't know if it was necessarily supposed to be him being Spider-Babies. I just assumed that's how he became Spider-Man in this universe. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, pregnant preteen Spider-Man. Knocked up by a Spider-God. It's really dark. Marquis de Sade. Yeah, this was a bad issue. Yeah, we... We had some rough stuff here. But... I'm opening up the multiversal. Let's pull out my notes. Did I have any further comments? Open notes. There we go. Oh, yeah. It was their whole thing with loving Wolverine. It was like, but it doesn't make any sense that they're so obsessed with Wolverine because they're like, we had to go on this side mission because we get to finally meet Wolverine, who we know so much about. It's like, but we already met Wolverine in, in the Canada. third mission. Yeah. It's like, you met him real early. Chuck Austin's man. Those Chuck Austin's. Uh, before we get to Trials of the Multiverse, we have our Patreon set up. So there was no Moody Mimic in this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have our Patreon set up. We do. Uh, so if you'd like to kick us some money, we would definitely appreciate that. Yes, we have some uh, universes to add on to. Trials of the Multiverse. 
If you'd like to submit a universe for us to cover in Trials of the Multiverse, for example, one that you've seen show up in X-Men that we aren't necessarily going to cover it's because true. it is not something directly related to the multiverse, feel free to send that in, and we would be more than happy to read that story and add it on. Mm-hmm. Earth 21117 Lizard Earth. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was cool. But how cool is it? Do you think it should go top half, bottom half? Mm, top middle. Uh, okay. Better or worse than uh, Cretaceous Sam, the dinosaur cowboy? Well, again, we don't really get to know much about Cretaceous Sam. He's a cowboy who's also a dinosaur. Well, I know. So we got to give it a little bit above that. Uh, better or worse than what the leader decided to buy at? Ooh, is it better than that? I don't know if it is. Yeah, I... I, I don't think I can get it. I support you, almighty leader. Okay, so... Earth 21117 Lizard Earth. Uh, and wait, what do we have to celebrate our love of the leader? soundboard <laughs> and that should be it what comes up every time we mention the leader okay leader. I did forget the Marvel in Earth so is it uh... I'm just sticking by the hotel the other hotel yeah I'm trying to find the hotel on the list ah the hotel from the Nuff Set issue yeah is it better or worse? I think it's slightly worse. Uh, is it better or worse than Savage Land 2 Continents Wide? No. So it's better than Savage Land 2 and Continents Wide? No. Because that one makes me feel about me. Uh, I like it more than what of Tony Stark on laundromats, so... Yeah. Marvel... In... Earth. Hotel from... Nocturne and Evensong. Okay, up next we have Earth 2030, Callisto, Sorceress Supreme. That one was cool. Yeah, I really like that one. Uh, for a similar story where it was a... Oh, well. Better or worse than Doom, Sorcerer Supreme? Worse. Better or worse than Spider-Man fighting Pace Pop Pete? Yep. So, it's better slash fic than Kamala's fanfic. Yeah, uh-huh. Earth 2030 is in the 18 spot. Callisto. Sorceress. Actually, Super- she's the mistress of mysticism. That's what she calls herself. Callisto, mistress of mysticism. Is our 18 spot? Mojo World or the Mojo Verse? 
don't know. Where do you want to put Mojo in the Mojoverse? Well, then, I guess here's the question. What do we want to be basing off our decision with Mojo in the Mojoverse? I think... This particular story? Just because I've read other stories in the Mojoverse yeah. that are better. Yeah, no, I think it, this should be our summation of what we know about the Mojoverse. Okay. Uh, so only taking account the story? No, all stories. Oh, all stories, it. okay. Uh, well, let's start it off comparing it to Earth 912131, the X-Men, the animated series universe. Because, I mean, the Mojoverse has had some really good stories in there. I was going to say, it was in the animated series. Mm-hmm. So just cross over with that universe. Yep. So, better than X-Men, the animated series? Mm, yes. Uh, better than Earth-S, Fawcett City? Which one's Fawcett City? Shazam! Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I can give it even to that. Better than... Avengers fought Galactus, the what if. Hmm, that's closer in there. Yeah, probably even say yeah. Better than Scrolldiators. Because, I mean, the Mojoverse has done some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. That's I'll where we... Over Old Man Logan. Hmm. Getting close, I don't know. Uh, I haven't... I don't think it can beat Thunderworld. No. So we'll put it at number eight, just above Old Man Logan. Yeah. Mojoverse. Mojo. Verse is our new number eight. And then the last one we have to do, Earth TRN 035. Really shitty Spider God. Put it towards the bottom. Okay. Uh, is it better or worse than... Antelope Men. Oh, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I really do not care for Antelope Men. But Antelope Men also didn't have a young child being abused. Yeah. Well, right above that is What If Galactus Fought Ant-Man. Which, I'd rather read What If Galactus Fought Ant-Man before I read this one again. That's true. So... Right above Antelope Men, right yeah. under. Cool. So Earth. T R N. Zero three five. Spider God, and abuse. Okay, next time on the Exiles. Everything is the New Mutant's fault. <gasps> oh no. Mm-hmm. But for our next normal episode, we're going to be at number 20. <gasps> the big 2-0? Yeah. And I got to pick this story. What is it, Luke? Superman. Red Sun. Oh, man. With your favorite writer, Mark Millar. Yes. And secret ghostwriter, Grant Morrison. It is what it is. Yeah. So next time we're talking Communist Superman and we're celebrating our 20th episode. See One more till we can drink. Well, it can drink in other countries. It's true. Multiversal Q is filmed live in a house, sometimes in the woods, sometimes in the city. You can contact Multiversal Q on our website and see our very nice image galleries that we have there and find links for our websites like 
Patreon, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic. Podomatic, we're leaving you soon. It's not good. They'll find you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and I think that's all the social medias we have right now. You can also email us at multiversalq at gmail.com. And remember, Multiversal Q does not have any space between Multiversal and Q. It's true. Uh, you can contact Devin on the Twitter at... Fredofet, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And you can contact me on the Twitter at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Uh, yeah, if you have questions, if you have requests, feel free to send them in, and we'll see you for our 20th episode. In Soviet Russia... Superman bees you.